in order for us to witness, truly witness to those that we love, they need to see our profession of something, don't they? The world wants you to profess you're a Christian by going to church, doing this and doing that. But over here in chapter 3 of Hebrews, verse 1, we read this. Partakers of the heavenly calling. That's God the left. That's the holy brethren, those who have been made holy by Jesus Christ himself. Partakers of the heavenly calling. The chosen of God who have been called by the power of God. Consider. Think about. Stop for just a moment. Put this in your mind. The apostle. The high priest. Of our profession. Who is the apostle? That's Jesus Christ. Who is this high priest? The message that the apostle brings. That's what the apostle means. Apostle means messenger with power. Jesus Christ said all power in heaven and earth. He's the messenger sent of God. And we saw that in the Bible study, so I'm not going to go back to that again, but he's our messenger, and his message was the message of the high priest, the one who enters in to the holiest of holies with blood, blood for the redemption of his people. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the message that Christ came to this world to preach. But it says there, of our profession, our witness. What is it that we witness to those that we love, those who belong to the Lord Jesus, those who have experienced, those who know in our heart what it is for God to be gracious to a sinner? We, we read words like this in Romans 3.11, there is none that understand it, there is none that seeketh after God. We know that was us, don't we? How do we know? Do we just get smart one day and start saying, okay, I've been doing all these things wrong in my life all this time. I've decided, you know what, it's time for me to start doing something different. I'll just believe God. Is that what, is that what happens to a true believer? No. No. There are none that understand. That's God's word. That's not me speaking to you. That's God telling you what his word is. There are none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. That was me. And if you belong to God, that was you at one time as well. Over in Romans chapter 5, we read these words, For as one by one, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Folks, we all come into this world dead in trespasses and sin. Every single one of us, I was talking to uh, a a member of the family. Member of the family. Might have been a woman, might have been a man, I don't know. I do know, but I don't want to share that with you. I was talking to them yesterday about this very thing. The child in their arms. The child in their arms is a sinner. What? How dare you talk about my little precious one? But folks, I'm not talking about your precious one. God is. God's word says, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. But it also says this, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. How? In Romans.
Romans 10, verse 13, we read these words, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I got that poster thing over the walkway out here in the fellowship hall that Brother Mike came up with. Oh, how true it is. If the guy standing before you is talking about a Christ, a Jesus, and there are many who are right now, this very minute, spread all over the world, speaking about a Jesus who wants to be, who wants to be your God, who wants you to let him save you. I was talking about this uh, with the brother or sister yesterday again. I don't understand how anybody can think this. And when I made this statement to this person as they held that child in their arms, they said, you're absolutely right. If you're sitting there drinking your coffee and you're looking out the window and that little child were to run out towards the boulevard where cars are flying past would you just stand there and let that child go and say, well, they need to make their decision now. What makes you think God is so callous that he's waiting for you to make your decision? The God I see in scriptures has loved me from before the world was. Has he loved you? I'm telling you here today, if God has loved you, if God has loved you, he will not let you go out into the traffic. It says, all the Father giveth me shall come to me. Not maybe. I'm not going to let one go running out there in the traffic. In fact, I love that one so much, he says, I laid down my life for it. I became flesh. He left his glory in heaven and became flesh for us. This is grace experienced. I can explain it to you left and right till I'm blue in the face. But if God doesn't show his grace in your heart, you will not know what I'm talking about. It took him to shine his light in the heart of his child the day that I heard the gospel preached for the first time sitting right over here. You think that was the first time I'd ever gone to church? Oh, how many times I'd gone with my mother and sat there and tried to keep my eyes open. No, he's talking about those folks who cheat on their wives. He's talking about those folks who drink. He's talking about those, well, wait a minute. He's talking about me. Did you ever notice that Paul says, oh, wretched man, that I am. Did anyone in the flesh ever have a reason more than Paul to declare a difference in himself? Remember what he was first before the Lord came and shined his light in his heart? He was the man who was persecuting the church. He was holding the coats of those that would stone a man to death. He was holding letters in his hands for him to go after those who declared themselves to be Christian and persecute them. Was there ever a man in this world that could say there's a difference in me today? Yet Paul said, Oh, wretched man that I am. 
Every single one of God's people say that, and we'll continue to say that until the day the Lord takes us out of this world. We know what true sin is. We know that unbelief is our biggest sin in us. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How am I to profess this apostle, this high priest, this one Jesus Christ, I beg of you, consider him. I want to call my son up. I want to get him on the phone right now. Consider. I want to pray, Lord, speak to the hearts of my loved ones, because no matter what I say, it won't do any good without the power of God behind it. Consider. Consider my Savior, Christ Jesus. Turn over to Acts chapter 10. How are you going to call? It says in verse 10 or verse 14 of Romans. Turn to, turn to Acts chapter 10. But how are you going to call on somebody you've never heard of? If all you've ever heard is about this Jesus who is trying to save somebody but won't, but can't because you won't let him, this Jesus who loves everybody that he's created, if that's all you've ever heard and you've never heard about the true and living God, the Jesus who loved Jacob and hated Esau, the Jesus who has loved his people from before the world was, this Jesus who's not going to let any of his children go, if you've never heard of him, how are you going to call him? How are you going to call on them? How are you going to believe on someone you've never heard of and how shall you hear without a preacher? I declare unto you today that God has chosen a remnant out of every tribe, every nation, every tongue to be a witness of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we are. We are witnesses of his grace in us. Chosen from before the foundation of the world, as we read in Ephesians 1, verse 4. Chosen to salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. That's in 2 Thessalonians 2, 13. Chosen to be vessels of mercy formed by the potter. That's in Romans 9, 23. Are you with me in Acts chapter 10? Look here at verse 39, will you? And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Now look at this. Listen, look at page, look at verse 41. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before God. Witnesses. Witnesses of God's grace. That's my message for you this morning. God help me to be a witness of your grace to my loved ones. How can I witness to my child? my son, my daughter. 
my grandchildren, my friends that I love much, that I play golf with, how can I witness to them? Just as those that it is written about here were chosen to see the resurrection of Christ, all of God's people are chosen before of God to witness the things of Christ in them. Not with the eye of the flesh, but with the eye of faith. It says in 2 Corinthians 5-7, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk in belief. Our spirit believes God. Not just part of it. Not just those things that we can figure out on our own, in our <coughs> own minds. Let me tell you something. Scripture has warned us about what we think in this flesh of things that are right. It warns us, beware. Beware of what men think is right. God's ways are not our ways. Do you understand what that means? That means whatever you think is fair doesn't mean anything to God because what God does is always fair. It's always right. It's always perfect. If it wasn't, he couldn't be called God. He'd be unworthy of that name. But oh, how thankful I am that he is. When Abraham was told of God that through the seed of his son a great nation would raise, be raised and that through and through that nation a savior would come into his world into this world what was it accounted to him for righteousness sake for he believed god was it because he went to church on sundays no was it because he made a decision to begin following christ that time what did what happened when god called him out of the land of chaldee and said abraham leave that behind what did he do he left it when God called the disciples along the seashore and he walked by and he said, come, follow me, what did they do? They stopped everything they were doing. They even left their father and followed him immediately. When God's people hear the word of God, Lazarus, come forth. John, come forth. James, come forth. Becky, Mike, all of your names that he has that he has spoken to to your heart. When he says, come forth, he's speaking with the power of God. It's irresistible. It's the grace. My kids wanted, you know, they wanted, what brought you to the Lord, John? Well, his word did. The power of God spoke to my heart. They know that. Both of them. They know that with these ears. But they don't hear it with these ears. That's our witness. That's our profession. Christ came with a message. He came with the message, I shall save my people, not me. He came with the message that it's not your will, nor is it your running or your works, but it is of me that showeth mercy. That's the message Christ came with. That's our profession. That's our witnessing to our family. You tell those two girls that every day, 
That's how God will save them. That's how God will call his people out of darkness. By the professing of who our Lord is. I wish I would have been able to do that when I was your age. Don't get me wrong, I'm not second questioning God. His purpose is exactly as it is done. I would never question him. That doesn't stop the hope in me that I could have shared, that I could have professed who the Lord is today as it, then as I do today. All those whose names are written in the book of life before a star ever twinkled in the sky will receive the very same gift of belief. In Hebrews 1.1, we read these words, God who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. The old time prophets of the Old Testament spoke of Christ just as we do today. Only Christ had not come in the flesh. The Son of God has always been the Son of God, the Savior of his people but he had not become flesh yet. So the Lord spoke to his people through the prophets. But in these last days, it says, and continuing on from Hebrews 1, hath in these last days spoken unto us. Dad, how, how, how did the Lord speak to you? He spoke to me through his word. I was under the preaching of his word in a church where the truth is preached. And God spoke to my heart. He hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the bright of his, of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself. Folks, salvation is of the Lord. That's it. Plain and simple. Salvation is of the Lord. That's the gospel. It's not the Lord plus something you have done. But it is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. By himself, it says there in Hebrews, purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This Jesus, this one who is God in the flesh, has shown himself and is still showing himself to his blood-bought children wherever they may be throughout all of the world in all of time. He's showing us the things of himself throughout his word. He's speaking to us through the preaching of his word, expounding on the things of Christ as he did with the two men on the road to Emmaus. Remember that story? Remember the story? There were two men who were walking along and they were they were all bummed out. They were like, oh, we thought he was going to be the Christ. And here he is dead. The Lord came to them and spoke to them while they walked on that road. And he, it says he expounded. That's what he's doing today. That's what he did the day he called me out of darkness. That's what the day. That's what he did the day he spoke to your heart. If you belong to him, he spoke to you through his word, telling you, telling you by the profession of those around you that he is God Almighty. Telling you 
that he laid down his life for a certain people, and because it's the God in the flesh, this life that he gave, there's nothing going to stop it from the purpose it was laid down for. Not even you. That's good news to me. I don't know about you folks, but that's great news to me because I know how fast I can screw things up. I know how fast I can turn and start doing something wrong. I know how quick I can be a sinner. I was reading an article by Henry Mann, and he says, Stop beating up the man who's preaching. Remember this, they're just a man. If he's preaching something contrary to God's word, that's different. But if he makes a mistake and says, well, this and the word said such and such and such, such and such, and that's over here and such and such, and he happens to be wrong about where that is, quit beating him up. We're just men. Turn over to Mark chapter 8, if you would. Mark chapter 8. With the eye of faith, with God-given faith. Now remember, over in Ephesians chapter 1, it says we are saved by grace. Did you notice that? Saved by grace. Not by faith. We're saved through faith. In other words, through the believing of God. We are saved by grace, by His grace, through faith. Not of yourselves, it is not of... Uh, you know, I'm not quoting that right. So see there, the flesh has come out. Let me just turn over there real quick and quote it correctly. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is. Now this is the grace. We're, we're saved by grace, but it's through faith, through belief. Whosoever believeth, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. With the eye of faith, we believe God's word. We are witnesses to the fact that Christ is God in the flesh. Here in Mark, we see God feeding about 4,000 souls in the way that no one else could. We see a miracle, a miracle of God that cannot be explained that no man could ever do. Here in verse 1 of chapter 8, we read, In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and said unto them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their houses, they will faint by the way, for diverse are them that came from afar. And his disciples answered and said, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and he took up seven loaves and gave them thanks and break it and gave them to his disciples and set, them be set before them, and they did set before them upon the people, before the people. And they had a few small fishes, and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat and were filled and took up the broken meat that was left, seven baskets. And they that had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away. So we see right here in this very, in this miracle. Do you know, folks, there were lots of people who saw that that day. There were people everywhere, all around. It says about. That means there were more. There were some who didn't get fed. But he said he fed about 4,000 people, right? 
people had heard about that miracle all around. Imagine the guy down at the bottom of the hill. That basket's never going to make it to me. And here comes the basket. Wow. What a miracle. You think there weren't millions of people who saw the sea open up and try land for the Israelites? You think there weren't millions of people who saw that? Just the ones who walked through on dry ground. You think they weren't walking through? Those? Wow. Look at that. If they had not experienced the grace of God, how many of those who walked through that water saw the power of God through his word or in face to face and yet they went out into the wilderness in unbelief witnessing to those that we love how can I witness to those that I love I can tell you this there's nothing I can do to help you be saved I'd like you to come to church I'd like you to come to where the truth is preached. But even doing that is not going to do you any good unless God Almighty does a work in your heart. Folks, there's only one God. And it takes God to reveal himself to you. He's a jealous God and he will not share his glory with another. Yet there are three distinct persons of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son... And God, this Holy Spirit. A mystery, absolutely. You say, well, how can you explain that? I can't. But I can tell you that by his grace, I believe. Throughout scripture, we see witnesses to these truths of God. And we believe. We see the witness of God in his word. And we believe. We believe that God the Father chose a people. That people's name is Israel. Look over at verse 41 of our text. Uh, back in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. God choosing a people for himself, it says, not all, not to all the people. It, it says in verse 40, God had raised up the third day and showed him openly. This is talking about the Lord Jesus. But not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God. That's election. God the Father chose his people. We see that truth through his word. God the Son redeeming his people. That substitution, look over at verse 39. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, who they slew and hanged on a tree. That's substitution. That's the Lord Jesus redeeming his people. Full atonement. We see that God, through the preaching and the, and the reading of his word, we see God the Spirit calling his people, calling them to hear, to hear with the heart. Look at verses 43 and 44. To give him all the prophets witnesses that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remissions of sin. While Peter was yet speaking, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. I know. 
you could say in some form that maybe I'm used, misusing the word witness. The wit word witness means to see with these eyes. Clearly, folks, I see with these eyes the grace of God in moving in this heart that was dead. I see with the eyes of the heart and the grace of our Savior in laying down his life for me, substituting himself to be him who is perfect in every way, who knew no sin, to be made sin in my stead, that I would be made the righteousness of God in him. I see clearly that there was a day when I was dead in trespasses and sin, when my heart was black as anyone else's, hard as a stone. My desires were as all for whom walk this earth, worldly desires. I was blind as can be to the truths of spiritual things. I had no ears to hear the wonderful truths of the gospel. I did not seek the things of God. It was all about me. It was all about my world, my pleasures, my will. And then in the day of his power, trouble came. My world was rocked. I needed a savior. I wanted to forgive somebody, but I needed to know that God had forgiven me before I could forgive them. That's what my need was. I didn't know it at the time, but that's what it was. In that day, the Lord showed me through the preaching of his world, word that all things happen according to his will. And I saw my need of a Savior. In that day, the Lord showed me through the preaching of his word that the only way to hear his word is under the sound of his truth. Grace. Sovereign grace. In other words, the Lord passed by me that day as we read in Ezekiel, and he said to that child that laid in the mud, in the blood, still with its cord hanging from its belly, he saw John, and he said, John, live. You know what that is? This is what this is. This is a scripture. You, this is exactly what that is. Listen to this, John, Second uh, Corinthians four six. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge and the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. How do we profess? What is a better way of asking this question? What is it we profess? Are we professing someone who we think should be God? Or are we professing his word? The God of this word. The one who is sovereign in all things. How can I witness to my children? You know, I'll close with this. How can I say this? I can't see how they don't see it. I can't see how they don't see the sinner that stands before you right now. Because that's all I have to show them in this flesh. Me going to church every Sunday is not going to bring my children to God. Me crying out for forgiveness. Forgiveness for the sin that's within me right now. Maybe God will use that to bring that bring them to himself.
I think if I was to sum this whole message up in one, is first the Lord has to show us our need. I hope my family sees that I'm in need. I hope I don't portray myself as some better than now because I'm not. Isn't that what the world wants us to do? Isn't that what they want us to do? Show your family that you're a good Christian. I'm not. If there's anything good in me, it's my Savior who is all good. I had a whole bunch of stuff to preach today and I, I didn't get to any of it. The Apostle Paul declares himself to be an example to all who believe. We are chosen vessels, formed by the potter to be vessels of honor, ordained, predetermined to be witnesses of his grace. That's what we read. Ordained of God, chosen of God. Grace experience. How can you witness something that you've never experienced? You can't. When God comes in the Spirit and shines the light of His grace in us, you cannot hide that light. What's the best way for me to witness to my family, to my loved ones? To tell them about my Savior who has saved me from the sinner that I am right now. God help us to be good witnesses of that light that dwells in